Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. Today's episode is on EQ and personality. Joining me as always is Jeff East from The Spirit of EQ. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I'm great, Eric. How about you? Doing well. Personality, Jeff. I know we've kind of been circling this subject for a bit in some of the previous episodes, but today I wanted to kind of talk a bit about it. Almost like imagine the idea of harmony. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we were talking before recording about like, have you ever listened to like groups like the Eagles when mm-hmm. they harmonize together? Um, I think you even mentioned Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Yeah, it's if you want to really hear it, listen to Seven Bridges Road by the Eagles. It's an acapella. Yes, I'm familiar with that. Yeah, and it. When something is harmonizing, it makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. Yeah. (laughs) And kind of where I'm going with this, Jeff, is that for the same reason, when a group of singers are off, maybe one or two in the wrong key, it produces discordance. And typically when we encounter discordance, it's kind of like, stop. Okay, hold on. This is not working, right? I, I can honestly say I've been the cause of a lot of that mm-hmm. when I've been doing music with people. <laughs> right. And I understand discordance can happen because maybe you can't hear yourself, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not able to, I mean, maybe it's because the sound system, you, your side is not coming through, but on and on and on. There's another thing that you might not be listening to the other people. Hmm. Yeah. So we can get cues there. Well, you Cues in the sense of sound yeah, and, and you, tone. You can't harmonize with somebody unless you hear what they're singing. Yeah. Yeah. And that does play a part into what we're talking about here, mm-hmm. right? And I know that in, in a musical group, if there is a if, if there's a deep enough of a connection, there's a desire to work out those kinks, right? To where, mm-hmm. okay, wait a minute, I think you're in C. It's really we should be in D. And then we we just work until we get it to where it's like, again, that wonderful group of singers who are in key and in harmony. And the interesting thing is if you think it's in C and they think it's in D, D might sound better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great point. So um, in your mind, Jeff, um, what part does personality play in EQ? You know, you've been thinking about that, and I think – The first word in personality is person. Mm. It's who you are. Yeah. It's it's um, 
you know, how you react to things, how um, you respond to things because there's a difference between reaction and responsive or responding. And that's what EQ is about, is learning about yourself mm-hmm. and how you act in certain situations and what tools yeah. you have and yeah. areas that you need to work on. Yeah. And and I, I agree with that. Um, and I also think um, it, it's one of the reasons why in the work that we do, um, you know, where we have multitudes of tools to use to address the different parts of who we mm-hmm. are, um, that I always believe that EQ is sort of the foundational one, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Because whether your personality is harsh, soft, you know, quiet, loud, whatever it may be, EQ is the thing to keep everything in tension so that there can be a this functionality to living life, mm-hmm. right? Because um, in my past, I've I've had friends, relatives that, you know, would do something and they would use their personality as an excuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost that, well, you know, the reason why I just blew you off is because, you know, I get upset when these things happen. Don't blame me. Right. <laughs> and I used to hate that because it was like, that's a, that's a cop out, right? You should be able to blah, blah, blah. Now, years and years ago, I was talking about EQ and not knowing it. And I believe firmly that emotional intelligence being this, um, this foundational tool, it allows us to live with a certain level of discipline that says, yeah, you're right. I, w- I do want to blow this off because I would prefer to do something else. Or yes, I, am, I would like to scream at them because they deserve it. But my emotional intelligence says, consequential thinking here, wait a minute, if I yell at them, I'm going to create probably two more problems. Not a good idea. Stop. Versus if you if your emotional intelligence is really low, you might just say, I'm going anyway because that's who I am. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think one of the things that is really kind of important here is for us – and we're going to talk a bit about this with the Enneagram mm-hmm. um, and, and Ian Cron's uh, work uh, and Suzanne Stabile uh, from that uh, that great book, The Road Back to You, uh, about healthy and unhealthy and those kind of things. I just kind of want the audience to get a kind of a level set from us about the role that it plays. Uh, you, you did a great job there with talking about it being the first word in there is person, right? Um, in some quadrants, I know persona, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I just talked about that, you know, foundational principle of, of EQ underpinning our personality because you're not going to get around your personality. No. You know, there's, you're not going to be able to say, well, you know, I've decided I'm going to change my personality. It just doesn't work that way. And, and you may think you're doing it, but people are going to, Look at it as plastic. Yeah, because it's it's not real. Mm-hmm. I that's why I really appreciate the work that Ian Cron and Suzanne Stabile did in that book is that it lets you know that there are healthy and unhealthy mm-hmm. parts of your personality, and I think EQ is that uh, that foundational tool to manage that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So. You you know uh, within our work at Spirit of EQ, 
uh, that we value data. Um, and everything for us starts with gathering data, um, whether it's emotional intelligence, spiritual intelligence, wh what have you, right? So we feel the same, obviously, about the persona work that mm -hmm. we do within the Enneagram. Yes. So why is that important, Jeff, do you think? The data? As it relates to personality. Why is it important to have data or for a person to have data on their personality? It, it takes something that's kind of nebulous. You know, you might hear, well, they're a they're person, they're outgoing or they're this or they're that. Mm -hmm. But when you get the data with the competencies or the SEQ, the spiritual part of it, or the right. Enneagram, right. you now have something that's uh, taken that nebulous thing and given it some uh, form, some uh, substance. Yeah, because, you know, it, it kind of reminds me, Jeff, a bit about like, um, let's say that um, I pick you up and we know we have a meeting downtown. It's going to be at three o'clock. And you notice that I'm driving east. And you go, Eric, uh, where are we going? Well, I don't know. I just figured we'd drive east. <laughs> well, but don't we want to be downtown? Oh, you know what? You're right. <laughs> Downtown's west, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. But then you see me curving off and starting to go northwest. I just took, I'm going up another, and I'm, why are you doing that? Well, I don't know. We're going kind of west, right? That to me is what nebulous is. Mm -hmm. it's, it could be kind of right. It it might be. It's got all these. Well, I don't know. Could be. Maybe. Let's think about it. Let's. You're not getting a solid direction to go. Not perfect direction, but a solid like we need to be on this highway for this many miles, taking this exit, and then taking the first light. Go left, mm -hmm. right? Um, it's not going to be perfect because, as we know, in driving, right, there could be an accident and there could be a detour. There could be construction that we didn't know about. I mean, on and on and on. But the importance of that data, I, I really wanted to emphasize that. And I think that that's, that's kind of where I'm going with it. But is, is there anything else that you can think of that might make that important? The data is, is going to show you well, first, you were getting these data from some kind of an assessment, yep. some, something along those lines. Yep. The first thing that you have to do is make sure you're answering them honestly. The questions in this, whatever the assessment is, yeah. don't try to make it come out the way you want it to come out because, like, with our assessments, it'll kick it back at us and say that. Yeah. But and 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 Jeff, as as I know, we're talking about the persona um, specifically. But I think you make a really good point because I've even had folks who have been around in the corporate world for a while, and they'll give me the oh yeah, I've taken tons of these. Yeah, I know how to I know how to do this. Yeah, and I and I and I know what they're looking for. And I and I go, you know, you're probably right. You probably do know. Because you've taken enough of these. Myers-Briggs, DISC, you know, fill in the blank. But what happened to that honest curiosity about who you really are? That's the thing. You have to have that curiosity. And that's yeah. going to, if you're really curious about who you are and improving who you are, that honesty will come out when you're taking these assessments. Yeah. Because if you don't do that... um. 
that data doesn't mean anything. Yes. And, and I'm going to give you an example from my, my own uh, experience with the Enneagram. Um, when I took the assessment, the one that I chose, um, the results gave me a lot of confirmation of things that I've always felt inside. Mm-hmm. But here's what's interesting, Jeff. It confirmed things that I used to doubt because I'd been told well, that's weird. Why? Why are you so into that? That 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 that's boring. That's who who would want to be involved in that? And we hear that voice, mm-hmm. and if we're not careful, we'll go. Well, yeah, I don't. I don't want to. You start to feel the pressure. Well, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that person. And it would be, and I would have this battle. I'd I'd go out and be that person. I'd get the rejection, and then I would start. Okay, maybe I can maybe I can figure a way to get them off of that subject so that they don't think I'm kind of strange. Mm-hmm. And then there's still that part of me deep inside going, "This is you. This is this is this is really you." But I I, I didn't have the confidence. Fast forward, I read the book, The Road Back to You. Take the assessment, and boom. It confirmed that thing that I used to be embarrassed about and not wanting to talk about because all of a sudden I'm going, it's irrefutable. And I don't need to feel, I don't need to feel bad about it. I don't have to feel ashamed of it. Now I'm throwing this example out, Jeff, because my gut tells me that one of the reasons why people maybe haven't truly honestly explored the persona piece, the personality is there's that fear, that apprehension of what it might reveal. Yeah, and what I love about the Enneagram and the book that you mentioned, The Road Back to You, I'll give them another plug. Yeah. I just, the small group I'm in, we just finished it last night. We did a chapter at a time. And the emphasis they have in that book is on healthy and unhealthy. Mm. And that sounds like that might be counterproductive to think about the unhealthy, but it's not. Because that can confirm some of the things, you know, that maybe you're doing that you don't like. That's the, I think the, what you were talking about, the fear of finding those things out. Well, I think, uh, you know, Jeff, it it really has um, even more to do with, uh, and I'm glad you brought up the healthy and unhealthy thing, because that's, that's, that's a place I want to explore a bit more with you. I, I think um, the more you know who you are, really are, then that's when life really begins to be lived. Mm-hmm. I think far too many people in this brief time that we have, they just don't go there. And they, they may, on, by outward appearance, seem like everything is just awesome. But where it counts, at least in my mind, inside mm-hmm. is there's this vacuum, right? It hasn't been filled. It hasn't, I mean, it hasn't been actualized. And I think that though I, I understand some people, I would probably say, you know, I, I, I just don't want to go there. Maybe it's too scary. There's so many memories and all the rest. There's some that maybe don't see any value in it because there's not attached to a dollar figure or to some title or whatever. 
However, I, I think most people come to a place in time after you've exhausted all of the things that really could never fulfill, mm -hmm. you start to long for, well, who am I really? And why am I here? And I think what should that, I do? And what should I do? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's kind of, that's where personality being a part of that. Uh -huh. um, and I, I would just encourage our audience that like everything we talk about, Jeff, it's, it's not like you got to do this gargantuan movement and lift this 500-pound thing tomorrow. It's a journey. Mm -hmm. and, and what I love about Ian Cron, uh, and he has a wonderful podcast as well, Typology, he talks about that, you know, the personality type thing, it doesn't end there. Mm -hmm. It's, 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 you're stepping through a door. Um, our friend Perry Moffmer from Relentless Leadership, he kind of has that kind of vibe too. It's like, this is the beginning of your journey. You know, you're, you're the, and, and a journey, it's not some five-step program and then voila, everything is going the way you want. You know, I've talked about this before about like navigating emotions, but to navigate your life, you know, if you think about a GPS, it can't do you any good unless you know where you're starting. And with your personality, you can't do anything with that unless you know where you're starting. And that's what these assessments, yeah, the Enneagram, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. and all these things, are they're giving you that starting point. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, uh, that, that's, that's exactly right. And from that perspective, in gathering that data, what was most thought-provoking for you in, in that book, now that you've, you've got it in the rearview mirror a little bit, um, speaking of specifically to the healthy and unhealthy thing? The healthy, you know, you'll read the, the healthy part. You know, this is when you're functioning well, when, when you're just doing things the way that, you know, you want to. It's easy to go, yeah, this is great. I love this. You know, I'm a nine. Maybe I'm getting into the tight part too soon, but I'm a nine and it's the peacemaker. Right. And, you know, I want, you know, when I'm healthy, I can keep people from getting in arguments and I'm the calming influence and things yeah. like that. Yep. Then you look at the unhealthy and you go, oh, wow, I don't like this part. But what I've, what I got out of the book was an experience I was exposed to this almost 30 years ago, probably. Mm -hmm. uh, looking at the unhealthy things is the warning light on the dashboard for me. Yeah, that's when, a great analogy. When I'm starting yeah. to do this, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm unhealthy. Now, why? What is going on? What is happening around me, happening in my life that is putting me into that unhealthy part of my mm -hmm. type, of my personality? Yeah. So it's... Don't look at the unhealthy part as a negative. Look at it as another tool. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I almost liken that to, um, and we've probably used this um, idea of, like, uh, from sports, you know, the idea of watching game film. And in our world, uh, the competency of recognizing patterns. Mm -hmm. um, if, if, if you know that an, an unhealthy part of your personality is withdrawal, and when you start to withdraw, the warning light comes on. That's an indicator, Jeff, you need to do something here. Mm -hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm 
you, probably numbers of people out there, we've ignored warning lights on our dashboards before. Mm -hmm. And I've got... I've got some receipts that will show how much I had to pay when I ignored a warning light. And we all have. And it's it's, it's like you, you go, well, wait a minute. How could I have missed that? Why did I not listen? Why did I not do? I'm certainly we're you not know, here to, 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 to kind of unwrap that. But. but, well, you just made me think of something else. I heard a comedian talking about this, and he was talking about this exact thing. <laughs> He said the oil light came on and his, you know, he, he said, no, I guess I'm just out of gravy because that little thing looks, looks like, like, like a, a uh, gravy yeah. boat. Yeah. So what is the warning light telling you? It wasn't telling him he was out of gravy. Right. He was telling him your engine doesn't have any oil. Yeah. In about a mile, you're not going to be moving anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, I, I look at that, um, to, or bringing up the idea about healthy and unhealthy um, is I think when we are operating in the healthy, we are moving ourselves closer to number one, that place of who we really are. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're operating in our most, our strongest zone. And I also think that it allows for better discovery as we may be going to areas that are difficult to look at, to encounter. This can be memories. This can be relationships. Um, fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. um, this is not a substitute for getting help, whatever level of help that is, whether it's from a mental health professional or a counselor, a pastor, a priest, whatever it may be. Because I think that's also the power of of getting to know you, right? Um I think Jeff, you know, you've you've been brave in your uh, vulnerability here on this show to talk about anxiety and panics mm -hmm. or panic attacks, and I believe firmly that you're positioned to know when those things are coming your way. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine what it, your life could be like if you had no idea. It just happens to you, and then you. You you go into a spiral, and I know there are people out there that that do that. Yeah, you know, and and I my heart goes out to them, and and certainly from the perspective that you you don't have to, you don't have to experience that. No. Now you may be in a place where you're going to experience anxiety, but you can be healthy as you tackle the anxiety because. When I'm in the proper place, in the healthy part, I know the things I'm, – I'm aware of the things that could trigger me. Yeah, yeah. So just knowing that, okay, if this is going to trigger me, I can allow it not to. Yeah. Because yeah. I know what I need to do, and, and it's it's like a boxer that keeps his eyes closed – He's never going to be able to dodge a punch. Yeah. If he's got his eyes open. Yeah, he's got the ability to bob and weave accordingly. And yeah. that's kind of how I look at it this way. If I if I have my eyes closed and I'm not paying attention to these things, I'm going to get that punch. Yeah. And it's going to be unaware. I don't know which direction it's coming from. Well, you're just, you know, as you're talking here, you're kind of going to this idea about how we, we said at the beginning how EQ and persona uh, – 
can operate in harmony. Mm -hmm. Because you just indicated some competencies of consequential thinking, intrinsic motivation, um, and then talking about, again, how your personality, how you're wired. Mm -hmm. So let's kind of go there a bit, Jeff. Um, I recently had some surgery. Uh, The variety that says uh, you will do no strenuous activities for four weeks. I'm in week two. This kind of turned week two. And it's driving me crazy <laughs> because I can't exercise like I did before. Now, fortunately, it wasn't uh, you will never exercise again. I'm just, I got a window of time where I can't. So my persona, my personality is geared. I'm a four on the Enneagram uh, to see things if I'm not careful, this is the unhealthy side, is that there's something missing. There's something that's not quite right about me. So when I encounter the fact that I can't do what I feel is normal to do, which is exercise virtually every day, if I'm not careful, if I don't use consequential thinking, I'll begin to go down that road of, I mean, it's not too far away from depression. Right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, I'm bummed. I can't. Why can't I? I know I got a few more weeks to go. It'll be okay. But, well, maybe, I, maybe I've been, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I've been tempted. <laughs> maybe all that exercise stuff I was doing before is really not giving me the value. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe, maybe it doesn't help as much as I think it does. Yeah, I'm sitting here. I'm the same person I was two weeks ago. But here's the thing, right? You and I both know, Jeff, if I start to spiral down into that place, it keeps going. Maybe my four weeks comes up. Maybe it's week number six. And you say to me, Eric, man, you've got to be so excited now because you're back to exercising, you know, no more pain and blah, blah, blah. And I go, ah, actually, I haven't started back yet. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking about it. And I might even, if I feel the pressure, Jeff, if I'm in my unhealthy place, right, with my personality, I might, I'll go to my wing three. Yeah, yeah, Jeff, and I've got a trainer coming over next week, and we're working on a plan, And (laughs) right? Where EQ helps me and has helped me is that I recognize the pattern. No, 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 Eric. You're, you're just going to be, you're going to be off the shelf. You're going to be on the sideline for a period of time. Let this be a time of reflection. Oh, consequential thinking. You know, the benefits of that is maybe when I get back to exercising, I can reset. Maybe I can discover some different ways and better ways. Optimism. Oh, you know, this could work out. There's nothing wrong with having a, a break. I mean, I know I have to have a break, but... Well, maybe this could lead to, and then all of a sudden, Jeff, what was spiraling down is starting to go up. That's been a personal example. It's not me trying to say that's the silver bullet. It works for everybody because it may not fit for everyone. But for me, it's an example of how the two are in harmony. And the first examples I gave was that discordance. Mm Mm-hmm. 
wait a minute, something's wrong. Stop, stop. Okay, I got somebody singing in key of this and somebody. Can we all kind of come together? Where, where, what do we? When it's in harmony, it's just right. Mm-hmm. So, can you talk a little bit about for you as about as far as the two of them um, working together? For me, when I'm as a nine, where I can, one of the places I go when I'm unhealthy is sloth. Mm-hmm. You know. Lazy, not yeah. wanting to accomplish anything. But what I've learned is my wing is a one. Mm-hmm. So when I go to my wing, um, I draw on its sense of purpose so that I can use that to get past this feeling of sloth. Yeah, And then that will energize me to help figure out why I'm feeling that, what, what is putting me in that position to begin with. Yeah, and for the audience, uh, some of this will probably be rather strange to you as we talk about wings and about some of the narrative around each. Uh, the, we can't recommend the book enough. We've said it before on other shows, uh, The Road Back to You by Ian Cron and Suzanne Stabile, and it'll open your eyes up a bit. It'll make much more sense, but hopefully they're getting the overarching, Jeff, that – there are tools inside of the Enneagram, just like there's tools inside of our EQ model to, to be healthy and to be vibrant and to be growing. One of the things that I think we forget is how complicated the human brain is, and there's a lot of moving parts in there. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things the Enneagram does is it points out some of those moving parts and how they're working together or not working together yep. as, you, as you go through things. Uh, the wings are part of it. Then there's where you go when you're in the growth mode. You go to another one of the nine types, or when you're in stress, you mm-hmm. go to. So it's very it's it's very complicated, but it's not because once you start learning more about it, yes, it starts making really good sense. Right, and isn't it? Do you think that a big part of that is because? the tool, the Enneagram, is so accurate in um, delivering a result that is consistent with what you would say is so? For me, I, I see that very much. I can only you know talk yeah. about my experience. Yep. But yeah, when, when I first did it, um, when I first got involved with the Enneagram was after my uh, father passed. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't really paid any attention, but... I didn't grieve that way people thought I should. So people thought I was depressed or whatever. So I went and worked with someone and I did the Enneagram and come to find out the nine looks at things differently, including life and death. And I'm not going to grieve like everybody else. Yeah, that's pretty powerful. And I just found that out. So using that, like when my, my mom passed, I was able to tell my sisters and and all the, everybody close, this is what you expect out of me, because this is you know. So that was so much. That was the thing that v- validated the enneagram for me, mm-hmm. because as I keep exploring that, looking at life differently, it makes a lot of sense of the way I look at things. Yeah, and I think that's a really important place, Jeff, because um, I know. From my experience, it it gave my confidence a lift. Mm-hmm. 
it let me know that, you know, the reason why you like modal jazz, there's a reason for it, Eric. And it makes total sense and it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that I'm a wonderful person. That's, that's not the point. The point is now that I understand that, you know, Jeff, and if anybody has, could say they're tired of hearing about modal jazz in Miles Davis, it would be Jeff East. <laughs> no. But you know what? If Jeff, if you said to me, hey, if you never mention that again, Eric, I, it won't be too soon because I hate it. <laughs> Jeff, I would say, I love you anyway. But uh, that's me. Mm -hmm. Right? And fill in the blank with other situations, other circumstances, other reasons why you go left versus right, it lifted my confidence and, and the ability to be able to proclaim it in a way or to live it out in such a way that there's no reserve. There's no, I don't know if I should or if I shouldn't. Exactly. The, it gives you more tools to use, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, I can see that too because the nine is known as the peacemaker. Mm -hmm. When I'm healthy, that's great. But when I'm not healthy, what can that peacemaker do? Um, you're going to get a history lesson. Yeah. If you're familiar with before World War II started, uh, the prime minister of England was a fellow named Neville Chamberlain. Yes. Mm -hmm. And he Peace did, in our time, right? Was peace in our that? time. He yeah. had he he went to Hitler and had him sign this piece of paper that promised there would be no war. Yep. And he, but he gave Hitler everything he wanted. So he basically gave Hitler the green light to invade Poland and then invade everything else. So he was an unhealthy peacemaker. Because he wasn't looking at the big picture. He was looking at right now. I just want to shut him up today. I don't want people back in England mm. going on about Hitler anymore. So I fixed it. And when I'm doing the peacemaker, if, if you and somebody else are having an argument, my goal when I'm unhealthy is to get you to shut up. Instead of as the peacemaker, well, Eric— have you looked at their cons you know at their point of view or the other person do you see where Eric's coming from that's the difference between healthy and unhealthy that's a great uh, that's a great example Jeff that's a really good example um so within that um you know our emotional intelligence again I, I go back to the idea of it being a foundational part of of living um it allows us to kind of keep us from careening over into the ditch mm -hmm. and also to keep us moving with good clip of speed and direction when we're on the road, right? And also, we are going to careen over into the ditch. Uh -huh. It's going to give us some tools to get back up on the road. That's really, really good. Yeah, exactly. Because um, this sort of the inevitability that you're going to make some mistakes. And I think the idea is um, that's why the tool uh, or the competencies inside of emotional intelligence in our model are so powerful because they are actionable regardless of circumstance, whether you made a mistake or you you hit the ball out of the park, if, if I can say it that way. Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're equipped to manage all of those. And you, you learn things like we live in Ohio. We get snowy weather. 
And when you're a young driver, you realize that the consequences of driving too fast and and not paying attention to the road means you're going to end up in the ditch. So yeah, yeah. the next time it's like that, your consequential thinking is going to go, okay, the last time I did this, yeah. I had to call and dad. Seeing, and seeing <laughs> that there's probably a connection there to your persona that might have been doing that particular thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and I say that that there's not always this direct line. I, I get that, mm-hmm. okay? Um, but what I wanted to, to ask you as well, and in, in looking back a bit, what has been the toughest part for you within learning about your personality and, and how it impacts your day-to-day? Is there anything that you would say was, yeah, that was a tough lesson or that was... Uh... Well, there's always tough lessons, but I think that for me, it was the part of owning the unhealthy part. Ah, yeah. To understand that that's just as much a part of me as the healthy part. And to be aware of that so that when I am in that part, I can move out of it. You know, there's – you can't have one thing without the other. There's there's always, you know, Newton's laws and all – you can go physics and everything else. There's got to be an opposite for me. And yeah. recognizing what that opposite is was was the the hardest thing, one, to just – I don't like to use it. I, I use it, but I, I probably shouldn't. I don't like it to own the bad things, but to recognize them and know they're there. Yeah. You know what, though? I, I, I don't mind the own thing because it is a part of you, and it'd be a lot better for you to own it, giving the sense that there's a certain level of authority over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. You know, that can that, that you can do something to address it. Um and I, I like where we've been here today and that we're the true piece, uh, one of the communications within our talk today, our conversation, is that there are no silver bullets. No. There's not going to be a magical day when the unhealthy side of your personality is just gone. Um, it just doesn't work that way. And quite frankly, the journey would be really, really boring. If everything, you know, and I've thought about this, Jeff, right from the perspective of like a movie. When was the last time you thought a movie was great when everything went just the way the characters <laughs> wanted? It, it would be boring. I can remember. Okay, one more movie reference. Yeah. I watched the behind the music of Pat Minotaur. Right. And she basically says, I don't know, this is going to be your most boring episode because I married my guitar player. We've been happy for. 30 years, we've got good kids, nobody died in the band, right. you know, we didn't have any of this stuff. Yeah. So this is going to be boring. It would be boring. Yeah. And hats off to Pat Benatar and Neil Gerardo for having that kind of life, even though I think all of us know uh, that at some point or points, we're going to have a ditch experience mm-hmm. and we'll have only one person to blame. It'll be us. Um, but the beautiful part is, is that you've got tools available to you to help you navigate out of the ditch and back up onto the road. And, and let's face it, at the end of the day, and, I, and maybe it was in a previous episode, we've all heard those voices from our past, people who said that you can't, you sh- you're not, you, you're less than, and all the rest. 
I think this also allows you that confidence to say that was an opinion hmm. yeah. and nothing more. That was not fact. It was just an opinion. Um, because I think what we're trying to do here, um, I, I would say, for, let me speak for myself in this regard. I'm trying to live a life that's transcendent of all of the noise that is the world in which we live. Um, I can't do anything about a pandemic. I can't do anything about Russia and Ukraine. I can do something about me. Mm -hmm. I can do something about, okay, whoa, I'm starting to feel that little spiral, that little unhealthy part. I can do something about that, Jeff. Exactly. You know, and that's the key. I almost think if more people would realize that they've been given a small set of things to be responsible for, and if they would just stay in that zone, the world gets a little bit better. My dad had an expression for worrying. He goes, why are you borrowing trouble? Oh, yes. <laughs> and I think we do that a lot. We borrow trouble that's not supposed to be in our knapsack. Well, and just as we come to an end, I think it comes back to that. Your personality may be prone to do that, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I believe, if my memory serves correctly, that the six tends to have more of that tendency to worry. Well, once again... That might be part of your personality, but your emotional intelligence gives you the power to determine, is this healthy or unhealthy? It's funny. You just said the six. When I am in the unhealthy or the stress place, the nine goes to the six. six. <laughs> well, there you go, audience. <laughs> Jeff just laid it out there for you. He knows it's true. We've really enjoyed our time with you, as we always do, and we appreciate you tuning in. And we look forward to the next time we're with you. Take care. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So yes. how do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them. So, reviews on all of the platforms, wherever you get your podcasts, yes. you think that'd be good? I think that would be great because, one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us. So, to we're, hear. we're not the perfect podcast host? We're close. Okay. But, all right. But, but not, still, not totally we want perfect. your feedback. We want your feedback. But it'll, it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or, or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in today. One of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast, it was not intended to take the place of a clinician. In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based 
and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace, nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way. Thanks again for tuning in.